0: On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock, do you do customer service 280 characters at a time? Twitter is making your life much easier. We have some big news on a major upgrade here at Marketing O'Clock.
1: By Google URL parameter tool. We hardly knew you.
0: All oh, on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Welcome. Marketing O'Clock. Just stay tuned. Digital marketing news,
2: but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO and analytics, social media and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. New shows every Friday. every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely high tech. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, hey. you know what time it is, time is it? It's officially marketing
0: o'clock settle in sit back keep it locked Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld.
1: aka Shep.
0: I'm Jess Bud
1: and I'm Barry Schwartz
0: and it's officially marketing o'clock. Hello everybody. thank you for joining us for another fabulous episode and this is sure to be truly the best ever. We have to start here by addressing, the elephant in the room, the Barry in the room. <laughs> Barry Schwartz is our new co-host. He will be replacing He Who Must Not Be Named. Let's be honest, we've been doing this for 220 weeks. We really just felt we needed to level up our reporting, get some real get a real SEO expert on the blower. We also just wanted to sit next to someone who smelled a little better, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> so Barry's our new co-host, Barry. Huh,
1: thanks for having me. I thought it was time to be done. So.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for being here and helping us out. This is so refreshing. We need to know what's new. We need to know what's not new. And we're just really sick of the B team. And we're so excited to have you on here full time. You'll hey, be doing. Oh, 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 oh. what's happening?
2: <laughs> what's what are you doing here?
0: <laughs> You've been replaced.
2: You don't, you don't what?
0: We thought you wanted to be a welder full time or whatever. <laughs> uh, all right.
1: See you
2: later,
0: I guess.
3: <laughs> okay, April Fool's. April Fool's. <laughs>
1: Wait, so this is this is really a joke? I, <laughs> yeah. thought
3: I, was, I thought I was getting paid for this. You could stay today. <laughs> I'm going.
0: <laughs> okay, welcome back, everybody. Um, just a little <laughs> April Fool's joke there. We are so excited to have Barry w- with us here today, and he's recording some content for his stuff here at the Cypress North Studios, but Greg is not leaving us. And by
2: his stuff, do you mean the Rusty Brick, brick Barry Schwartz <laughs> Search Engine Roundtable channel on YouTube yes. and SearchEngineRoundtable.com? Which
0: has a new episode <laughs> dropping today, correct?
1: Friday. Today is Friday. Yes, yes, it's dropping today.
0: And that's not an April Fool's joke.
1: <laughs> no, I, I'm not into April Fool's jokes. No <laughs> offense to you. April Fool's jokes people. Those well, you p- those technically people. are now. Like you just participated in
0: one of A on pretty video. big I one. I was forced.
1: I thought I was on payrolls. So <laughs> I don't know.
0: Well, thank you so much for being here. How have you been? I'm
1: good. Thanks for having me. It was a great experience. This an amazing studio. It looks a lot better on camera than it does. I'm joking. It's, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> it's like actually like a dungeon studio, but it works. Yeah, for Greg, Greg us. won't let me upstairs. They just left. He put me in the dungeon for the two days, and I'm just sitting <laughs> just here. Like I slept people. in the corner, in the dark room.
0: <laughs> and you drove up to Buffalo, and we have snow for you. We're really sorry about that.
1: It's okay. It's it's Buffalo. I would expect it. So yeah. it was not. Nice. It was funny because when I was driving. It was like sunny and then all of a sudden it was like this like swarm of snow flying in my face. Not my face. The car's face. Do cars have faces? No, probably not. I mean, cars, the movie they do. Oh
0: yeah, your favorite film, Greg. Yes.
1: And then it got sunny again. It was like a weird personality disorder type of
0: situation. Well, we're happy to have you here. So Barry will be joining us today. He's going to be covering organic. So the B team can be on social today. (laughs) And Jess will be back next week. So thanks, Barry, again.
2: All right. All right. And as how we've been starting all of our shows, just spotlighting uh, something from the Ukraine that you can donate to or help out. We saw this from Susan Winograd, uh, Susan Edub on Twitter. He said, she said, have I mentioned I love working with this guy every day and brings up somebody that works at at the company uh, that she works at as well, uh, Mar And it's Dan Pantello. And he says, as the battle rages in Kiev where my family still is, I built a new way for us to help afar without picking up guns. And he made something called adlegion.com. And it just talks about how they're bringing supplies over to the Ukraine. So it looks like a very um, helpful way that you can help out. So appreciate that.
0: And one more plug here before we get to the news we have a new marketing a talk. So we took some time off of marketing a talk, and now we have two episodes in a week, which is pretty crazy. Um, but this week we are sitting down with Menaham Ani and Chris Ridley, and we're talking about Performance Max. It's a really great episode. We're sharing some tips, and we had a lot of fun chatting PMax with those guys. So please check it out wherever you're listening to this.
2: They were great, and you were great too. Thank you. You had a bunch of fire tips. I try. All right, and of course, I mentioned it before. I'm going to mention it again. It's like peanut butter and jelly, cereal and milk. It's marketing o'clock and Barry's Friday news show. <laughs> subscribe over on YouTube. Make sure to smash the subscribe, ding that bell. It's Rusty Brick Barry Schwartz Search Engine Roundtable over on. YouTube, and you also can get in podcast form, correct?
1: Yes, you can. Thanks to you and your help getting me an anchor. Um, It's interesting. It used to be just Rusty Rick and some people couldn't say they they couldn't follow it. They couldn't find it on YouTube. So I'm like, I'll just stick every keyword in there. I I need more keywords.
0: I know. I've accidentally tagged you on Twitter as Barry Schwartz before. (laughs) I had
1: that one too. (laughs) A true SEO, some might say. Yeah. I mean, the old days, it was just nobody used their real names. It was just aliases.
2: Yep. Awesome. Okay. So getting into the news here, there was a decent, it's kind of slow week for for big news. But one of the things that is big news for anybody that does any type of customer service on Twitter is that you can now use keyword search in your DMS. So if you are a company and you're, you're getting inundated with messages, and you don't have some enterprise level software, or even like you're smaller to medium size, it's still a Big ordeal to like filter through something. You know, you ship stuff, and we're always asking for addresses and trying to find things. Like, where did this? The bane of
0: my existence. I
2: know it's it's a ton, but what you can do now is you can do perform that search not just at like a person level. You can go into your DMs and you can do a search just across all of your direct messages historically, which is really nice. Um, I know that PBC Greg was already using it. He, I basically said something to him about or something I didn't run or something, and he went back through all of my DMS and found like Grant Cardone quotes because I'm like, are you a Grant Cardone fan? No. Okay. Who is she? He she just says, <laughs> no, they just say 10x everything you say like, I've got a pro like, I'm running one mile and their solution is like run 10 miles or like, I've got $100,000 in business and like, well, just go get a million dollars in business. It's literally just. a book that says 10X. So I always tell people to the 10X stuff. So then he's like responding, calling me a sheep. And it was just my own words and stuff. So
1: That's going to make it a lot easier for people who, you know, those, those people on Twitter that like share DMs publicly. Oh, it's yeah. Gonna, that's going to be an issue. Wow. You heard it here
2: oh, first. There's gonna be... You
0: could go back and find problematic DMs from like 2015. Yes. Oh. Yikes. Wow.
2: Um, have you ever thought about a career in social? <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then one of the examples that they showed, though, in the GIF that was shared was somebody searching their DMs for restaurant. And I was like, do people actually search for a restaurant? And like one of the the back and forth exchanges said, thanks for the LA restaurant, rec." I said, you're going to say, do you ever, and then another one's like, had to run some errands first, but I'll be at the restaurant soon. Do you ever say like restaurant? Don't you be like, hey, I'll see you at McDonald's in a minute? Yeah. Like that seems like a very like
0: Not to mention restaurant is just a really hard word to spell, so I would just avoid using it in a sentence whenever possible.
2: Yeah. And then it's like you you truncate the recommendation part of it. It's weird. People DM
1: you restaurant advice on Twitter? N- <laughs> no, this was the example Twitter gave
0: to show I get it, but
1: does that happen?
2: No. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Not to me. <laughs> I mean, I could see if like you had something in your like, hey, that story or article or Pmax or something like that, you're trying to find something, but like The word restaurant, I feel like nobody ever DMs that. Anyway, um, this is a big deal for anybody that that conducts customer service uh, via DM, so I'm I'm assuming that people are rejoicing everywhere out there.
1: All right, Barry, what do you have in the news? So, I mean, Google just keeps taking stuff away from us. Like, they give us these toys, and they just say, no, no, we're not letting you have that toy anymore. And the next example was this Google Search Console feature, formerly Webmaster Tools, Formerly search no central or now search central, um, they they're getting rid of the URL parameter tool, and this kind of comes as a surprise a little bit to the search community because first of all the tool launched in 2009 so it's pretty old they haven't they upgraded it once I think in 2011 um, and it's only a legacy tool meaning the only way to get to it is to go to like the Google Search Console legacy features and a year or two ago John Mueller was like we're gonna make this tool so much better it's gonna be smarter, it's going to be more useful. Uh, because the reason he said that was because a lot of people were saying, you know, this tool could actually hurt you. Meaning if you go ahead and put in weird URL parameters and you mess up, your site could literally just disappear from Google search. And Nobody wanted that. <laughs> remember like Gary from Google, you know how to pronounce his last name?
2: No, he always says nobody can pronounce it. But I think it's Brent Satoris knows how to. And he told me once, I can't remember.
1: Though. It's like Ish or something it's like a- that. It could be. I don't know. I mean, you pronounce Menachem wrong, also. I'm sorry, Menachem. I'm never going to forgive you. Uh, <laughs> I take it personal. Not joking. Uh, Any event. So he basically, Gary was like, "We seize too many cases of people hurting themselves, stabbing mm-hmm. themselves in the foot, shooting themselves in the foot, or whatever. Like, you don't stab yourself in the foot. You shoot yourself in the foot, right?
0: You could okay. stab yourself in the foot <laughs> if you were like a real masochist.
1: And that's a real aggressive <laughs> move, too. Like you really like you got to have it's like accurate. a lot of flexibility, yeah. even." Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, maybe we get a shot of that. So yeah, you don't want to go ahead and you know shoot yourself in the foot with that uh, because it's something that could really hurt your site. So Google, Jack Gary's like, I think we should get rid of it. You know, Gary, Gary just says things to like he, things he believes in, but causes a stir. So John, like a year later, was like, no, we're going to go ahead and make this tool smarter and better. And then now Google's like, ah, hey, it's going away. Nobody really used it. It was one percent number or something like that. Um, like basically Google said here over the years Google became much better at guessing which parameters are useful on a site and which are plainly put useless. In fact, only about 1% of parameter configurations currently specified in the URL parameter tool are useful for crawling. Due to the low value of the tool of tool and both for Google and Google Search Console users, we're deprecating the URL parameters tool in a month. So people are like are you going to keep those that tool and like what we the parameters you put in the tool Existing and like Mm -hmm. Google's like, no, because if you can't have any way to remove them, how can we do that? We're just going to ignore them. So, a lot of people are scratching their heads, what's going to happen? Truth is, it's probably better off this way in the long run. I think Glenn Gabe, BFF of the show, right? (laughs) 2019. 2019. (laughs) Um, I think he was like, yeah, it's probably better off to get rid of it. And I I do agree with that. But if you knew what you were doing with the tool, it's probably not. But Mm. I would think most people who thought they knew what they're doing with the tool didn't really know what they're doing with the tool, and they probably messed up. So it's going away. Nothing you should do outside of just maybe take screenshots of those parameters, keep an archive of what you have set up there, and then obviously annotate, not in GA4, because you can't do annotations in GA4. Okay,
0: you know, not, y- not yet, at least.
1: Annotate to make sure you have that documented, because on April 26th, it is going to be turned off, and then all hell is going to break loose. <laughs> oh, no. But I, I get that. I just don't know why you couldn't have
2: like almost somebody signing on on that where it's like, you're like, are you sure you want to do these parameters? And then you put your name and have like an electronic signature. I think it had that. It had
1: like a big red disclaimer. Are you sure? And then are you sure you want to do that? Press that button. Are you sure? I've seen that recently with like disavow
2: files where people are putting in the, the, the weirdest disavows. And I like, what are you even doing? And so I get it. It's you just have to like keep people from harming themselves with these tools
1: like, so you don't want that. people stabbing themselves <laughs> <laughs> no. <to> feet. <laughs> not not
3: <laughs> now it's time for this week's take of the week this is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you we simply deliver the take for your consumption we give no opinions we don't influence you make the call
2: all right, and this week's Take of the Week comes from the one and only Lily Ray, at NYC on Twitter. And she started by saying a thread that said, how is it possible that Google has mum, Bert, etc., but Apple Music and Spotify can't return a single result for a query with one incorrect letter? I know the answer. I'm just being snarky. To where Praveen Sharma, at Musing Praveen on Twitter said, I guess that's the motto. Think different, smiley face. And here is the Take of the Week. Lily comes back and says, I wish Apple luck with their potential future search engine wonky face. (laughs) (laughs) I dig that. Um, And uh, obviously follow Lily. She's a hoot.
0: Yeah, you know what else I dug was her live DJing session from Germany last week. She's really good. It was so nice to work to like, yeah, I didn't think I would be into that kind of music. But it was really nice.
2: I didn't catch the whole thing because I had a call but she like, weaves in like old older yeah, music like it was like
0: disco-y cl- yeah like
1: classics it's, she's really so good you guys listen to music while you work?
0: oh yeah you don't know about marketing a playlist <laughs> oh right yes <laughs> <laughs> it's the
2: most insane playlist ever but that was the Take of the Week thank you Lily
3: now it's time for this week's Icymi. See Why Am I I See Why Am I people this is something you just might not have seen maybe something that you overlooked but you shouldn't have ICYMI, people,
0: Brian Porter at JBrianPorter on Twitter is here for us with an ICYMI slash humble brag slash tip. So oh. <laughs> he says, We are Amazon's number one drinkware supplier. In 2022, we will sell over 4 million tumblers and water bottles. Over the past few years, we have spent over 10 million on Amazon ads. This month, our budget went to zero, and he has a thread about their change of heart with Amazon advertising. So the big realization, he says, Mike Beckham, SM, that's a Twitter handle, made a key insight. Advertising profitability was inflated by ads not driving sales. In other words, organic customers were using ads to shop when they were going to purchase anyway. These were specific problems. And then he also said a problem was that Amazon shows ad on product pages, so people were flipping back and forth between their products just thinking they were doing organically probably, but they were clicking on ads. And that was a big driver of cost as well. So he talks about more problems with their strategy with Amazon advertising and how um, they're handling it now, including just letting people bid on their brand name. And he just like really doesn't care because um, they were spending so much on their brand name before and it just makes more sense for them. But you know what would be a lot cheaper than Amazon ads? Is they need to adopt Miss Dutchie's marketing strategy. Barry, are you familiar with Mrs. Dutchie on TikTok? I am not. <laughs> okay. I gotta get on TikTok. I was watching her last night. She goes live every night from 8 to 11 and just decorates these metal tumblers with resin. And people watch it live and they'll pay like $40 a tumbler and there's like drama in there sometimes. And it's just pure entertainment. And I wanna buy a tumbler.
2: So are you telling Brian J. Porter or J. Brian Porter? To hire Miss Dutchie? Yeah,
0: and I looked up his brand, Simple Modern, <laughs> I think it's called. And the first products on there are, they look like Mrs. Dutchie's tumblers. Like she's oh, wow. totally an influencer.
2: <laughs> you tried to make me look at this. I couldn't, I don't know what I okay, was watching.
0: I'm going to send you a link I'm too old next time for TikTok. she's live.
2: Ki- again, Killer is the TikTok Tac expert. Well, I guess you're, you're TikTok on there.
0: Where, I'm not an expert. I had to
2: follow it because we put out a company, TikTok where I was like yelling and everything. But no, I, I can't. I can't do it. There's yeah. just too it's too much and it's too loud.
3: Killer, do you watch Mrs. Dutchie? I personally don't, but I can't remember if it was you or someone else telling me about some drama that the was drama? going on. drama? Yes. Where people in the comments were like telling her the wrong color to put on for a No, customer. it was the wrong type of glitter. She yes. had either the dark glitter finish or the light glitter
0: finish. Yes. So the people were giving her instructions for the tumbler they want in the messages, and people were like lying and blowing up the message and saying they wanted the light finish, but really they wanted the dark finish.
2: Look, I just watched Barry sign up for Twitter after that, that <laughs> for epic
0: <a> TikTok? rant.
3: <laughs> okay, well everybody give Mrs. Duchy a follow. And Dumb. simple modern, I guess. <laughs> now it's time for this week's Pew Pew Lightning Round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts paid, organic, and social.
0: First up in the paid universe this week from Barry's article from Search Engine Roundtable, Kushal Burwani tweeted this week, maybe new, seen double extension, both redirect to same URL in search ads with a new icon like contact us or buy now. So you can obviously read the article to get more details on this, but I just love that little contact us icon It's this little person with like a side part and they have... (laughs) That mic over their face like they're in a call center, but no mouth. I just think it's really cute, and I'd like to see more of it in my SERPs. Love to see it. And from Dario Zanoni, at Dario Zanoni on Twitter, a new method to apply audiences to discovery campaigns was released in one of our Google Ads accounts. Instead of selecting the individual audience components, you create one audience, combination of interest segments and demographics then apply it to the ads. And he has a screenshot of this. And it looks a lot how like how you set up audience signals in performance max. Um, so I haven't seen this for discovery campaigns either. But maybe it's just the way they're handling audiences now.
2: And I think you actually apply it to the ad group, correct? Not applying it to the ads. So if you're looking for oh, yeah. it, you would take it and put it into said ad group.
0: Thank you. And Adam DeFrisco at D underscore Frisco SEO says that bidding on Baidu just got a lot more complicated recent update to the OCPC bidding strategy, where you are now required to do a data accumulation phase before you can start bidding. Hearing big changes for the overall interface coming soon too. So I don't work in Baidu but seems like Adam is a good person to follow if you do for tips like this. He also has hashtags in Chinese. So
2: he's he's English and Chinese. That's really cool. And he's a, a fan of the show. He sent like the world's nicest message on Friday. It's awesome. Really nice. Thanks, Adam.
0: And Mike Ryan Retail had a question for PPC Chat this week. He said, does this make sense to any of you? Spoiler, spoiler alert, no, Mike, it doesn't. So he says, asking for a friend, and there's this screenshot from an article about Performance Max. It says, if you have multiple accounts for the same domain, you should already, as a best practice, be having your Google rep link accounts as an equivalent. He used a darker highlight, so it was a little hard to read. <laughs> So he said, a rep answered thusly marking two CIDs accounts as equivalent would prevent search campaigns and the DSA portion of PMAX from competing with each other in the auction, but it would not prevent self competition if the advertiser has shopping ads in multiple CIDs or accounts. So, yeah, him and PPC Greg were going back and forth about this. And then Ginny popped in and said, and to add, as Greg noted, Double serving is largely handled by domain deduping, account linking. One, ensures keyword and DSA selection preferences are applied correctly across accounts. And two, enables audience sharing. And three, prevents advertisers, app, and site from competing against each other. So there's just a new super detailed thing about Performance Max that we're learning every single week. And there's no record of it in the help articles. And you need to talk to Jenny, I guess. (laughs) Okay, Queen Jill Saskin-Gales, was involved in some drama this week. So from her at Jill Saskengale's Twitter account, she said, This is a Performance Max campaign that has been live for two months and only just found its stride. Look at the the spike in CVR and conversions and cost over the last week with the lowest CPA yet. I nearly turned it off in February, but machine learning takes time to learn. Okay, so this has a conversion rate of 4.76, a CPA of $20, oh, and a cost of almost twenty grand in two months. Before it got its stride, is what she's saying. That's a
2: long time, <laughs> so, and a lot of money.
0: A lot of people were like, "This is crazy." Jill's asking gales like, <laughs> "What?" Not everybody has that kind of money to spend before something quote gets its stride. So, um, Julie Bocchini said, "This represents a gigantic mind shift." Too that I don't think is getting talked about as much. Advertisers are not accustomed to Google Ads campaigns needing that kind that kind of time to find their footing. Melissa Mackey said, "That's too long," and then I really loved NGCMW underscore on Twitter. He replied and said, "Worst campaign. It's a scale killer. We'll steal all the credit from the branded campaigns." It's not wrong. Yeah. Well, a lot of people were disagreeing, and they said it's kind of jumping in and getting the traffic that isn't currently like being captured by their keyword-based campaigns. So I just thought that was a funny. Worst campaign.
1: You pay. You PPCers <laughs> have no patience. I'm telling you. You want stuff like, done it's, like it's that. It's true. Nineteen point <laughs>
0: three
1: thousand uh, dollars. So you know how, how long does it take to get an SEO campaign going? It's just,
0: it's not about patience. It's about money. Yeah.
2: I know. Yeah. Like you could do. You could get this without like with normal campaigns. And then the thing that I think is telling is, you know, she she took a little, a little bit of heat on this too. But I think you know, her responses were, were fantastic. But she had said she nearly turned it off in February. And it's like, I understand you got there. And she's saying it's profitable. But like, it was probably one of the lesser profitability, like less profitable campaigns she has, If mm-hmm. she's debating turning it off, like she said in the original tweet. And
0: if it's for a client, you need a client that's going to be on board to just wait and spend money in hopes that it's going to find its stride, which I feel like would be pretty rare. Yeah, so thanks for sharing Jill Saskin Gales. We appreciate you. Okay, PPC Greg noticed something in the new I think this is only in the new version of Google Ads Editor 2.0. I see why am I? Um, But so he posted his changes online, and then use targeting expansion was under keywords and targeting. It's a recommendation on the left hand side, and it was bold after he posted. Which usually, when something's bold, it means an, it's an unposted change. So he was saying this is really confusing. You should not do that. But you know, it aligns with how important they think those recommendations are. So,
2: and it's like it'll scare you if you see, yeah, that. like you made a mistake. Like it's something like, oh, did I actually implement this?
0: Mm-hmm. So he tagged Jenny in this, and I hope, or he didn't tag Jenny. He just said hashtag grinds my here. <laughs> 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 Me too, BBC Greg. Hope somebody can fix that for us. Okay, Brett Badofsky at Brett, Brett Badofsky tweeted this week. Brett? Yeah, we just know him as Brett here.
1: What's wrong with his last name?
0: Nothing's wrong with it. We're just on a first name basis. Oh.
1: I actually met with him once. Yeah, most I watched
0: from, it yesterday. <laughs> from yeah. your show. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and like, it, it, he was driving down, Google announced something. I'm like, do you know what Google announced? He's like, yeah, of course. And this is while he was driving down. He's like pulling up news. As yeah, he and then Brett.
0: the cops almost arrested you mid-interview. They're like, we're here for Brett. It was a right. It was?
1: No, it wasn't. Oh. <laughs> we got to bleep that. killer. <laughs> Why? What's wrong with bombs? The bomb, oh. like the bomb, not the bomb. Oh, like the hot sauce. Gotcha.
0: <laughs> okay, so he noticed a little Microsoft ads update yesterday. I noticed it, too. Um, but I don't have a record of the old version like he does where I'm able to tweet it. That's awesome. So Oshwin at the copy trail on Twitter replied and said, you're like a PPC version of Rusty Brick. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Are you honored by this comparison? Sure. Like people like you you know how people always like it, I've got an idea. It's like it's like Uber but for breakfast cereal or something.
1: Like you're the you're the 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 Uber of digital it's 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 a lot of undertaking to keep track of I can't tell you but while I'm sitting here how many people ask me is this new? Like is this feature new? And I'm like oh, I'll Google my site and I'll see if it's new for you.
0: <laughs> well, and then Greg replied and said Rusty Brett. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I do right. license that name. If you want to change this show from Marketing O'Clock to Rusty O'Clock, it's all yours. Okay. That Got might it. be a
0: good idea for SEO, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll think about it. Okay, and Quinton from N Z is one of our favorite new members in our Discord community. If you want to join us there, it is at community.marketingoclock.com. He has an update for us on negative keywords in performance max campaigns. He said they got an account manager to add a negative list to the campaign. We can at, now add additional negatives to the list, Whoa. which is huge. I got Quentin. We should keep that under wraps. I just want the name of his rep. That's awesome, Quentin.
2: We're gonna be reaching out.
0: Yeah, and he said he also said that he listens to our show while pumping iron.
2: Cease and desist from Glenn Gabe. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
0: I don't know about that. I feel like working out and listening to the show at the same time sounds kind of cruel and unusual. <laughs> but more power to you, Quentin. So he said, um, get them to add a list for brand safety. It seems like that's the key word brand safety rep, give me a list and then you can add whatever keywords perform poorly. So that's an awesome tip. Nice. Via AdWeek, YouTube is phasing out a maximize lift bidding. So if you have that running, you will need to you will not be able to use it after March thirty first. So big heads up for those peeps. And Brett is back. Brett, <laughs> he says Google Ads has updated their sensitive events policy because of the war in Ukraine. So keep an eye on your disapprovals if you're condoning more, It's not something you're going to want to do.
1: Maybe, also, maybe don't do that. Yeah, too with your ads. <laughs> like I, I don't know if that's a hot take or not. I'm, I'm just waiting for when Google like mistakenly thinks you're condoning war for some reason and your ads are disapproved. For yeah, that's
0: reason. what's going to be scary. Like based on how they disapprove things in the fa- in the past, I feel like you do need to keep an eye on your disapprovals to make sure your ad about like Miss Duchy tumblers isn't disapproved for condoning war. <laughs> yeah. Just be careful. And PPC, Greg, on a related note, let us know that TikTok completely paused all ads in Russia and Ukraine this week. Taylor Holiday, moving on to some social ads news, Noticed in his Meta Ads account. Is that what we're calling it, Meta Ads? I don't know. Sure. There's Oculus placement showing up. I don't think he actually has any running, like there's no impressions, but it's listed there. So it seems like it might be coming. Something to keep an eye on.
1: Have you guys used
0: Oculus at all? No. Have you? No. But well, I
1: think the show should be VR.
0: <laughs> that sounds <laughs> terrifying.
1: I heard there's a new show
2: coming out with Alex Honnold, I believe, the person from Free Solo who climbs without ropes, <gasps> and you put the oculus on and you're him climbing on the rocks, looking around with no ropes. No. So I was like, I never really thought of like, oculus would be cool. And then, until then, and I'm like, you know what, all I would do is just start sweating out of my palms.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. If you accidentally ingested poison or something, and just <laughs> needed to make yourself throw up. <laughs> right.
1: I
2: mean, Why that's would deep.
0: anyone uh, want to do that?
1: I don't know <laughs> the per I think the purpose behind the filming of that is more around most people like there's a, you, on the camera, you're focused on one place and that's mm-hmm. what you're forced to focus on. But if you could always have other actors that are behind the scenes, not really behind the scenes, but they're reacting to people, you just see the people who are reacting to the actual actor. That makes sense. So like I'm talking and Greg's checking email to be able to like focus on, on Greg while he's checking email while I'm talking. I'm just, I don't know.
0: Way to call him out.
1: <laughs> I'm doing the same thing. It's all good.
0: Yeah. I'm not an Oculus. I'm, I like the real world. I don't know.
1: I do too. But
2: really? I want to kind of want to see that movie.
0: I just feel like there's going to be a horror movie where you're like in the metaverse, and then something scary is happening to you in real life, and you like don't know because you're in the metaverse. Is that already a movie? million
2: dollar idea? Yeah, you like you accompany the movie, so you see when somebody's starting it on, and then like it's a horror movie, and like you come in and like
1: I like you know, that. Yeah, I think we're better nightmares. off in the metaverse than in a real life. I,
0: I think <laughs> you're probably right. I, I
2: yeah, or like in the movie, like like it's like falls off the wall, and you, know, you just start shaking the chair of the person. <gasps>
0: Yeah. That's scary. Stuff. <laughs> and David Herman is doing the Lord's work for us again from his at Herman Digital Twitter account with some tips for us. So he says, have a clear winning TikTok ad that dies out. Yes, we all do. So do this. Pause the ad for seven days, duplicate it into a new ad set, and test it again against new landing pages or product detail pages. New learnings equal new wins. It worked time and time again. Okay, so there he's coming with this like uplifting, great tip. Beat your winning ad. Then he gets a little sad a few days later. I'm kind of worried about David Herman. He says, I really hope I'm wrong. I feel we are at an inflection point in paid social. Every ad looks the same and feels the same. Nothing stands out anymore when scrolling. Sure, it's still working, but it feels like everything is following the same script. As a creative, this concerns me. So yeah, I guess those tips go together. Like if something's winning, test something out. Just because it's winning doesn't mean you can't beat it. Thanks, David. Okay, Jason Kent, you may remember we talked about this a few years ago, but Meta is being sued for inflating um, projected reach for ads. And the lawsuit is moving forward. Um, He said the court certified to rule the court ruled to certify the class in lawsuit alleging Facebook sold ads based on inflated potential to reach and then fraudulently covered it up. So then he goes through the lawsuit and highlights some important points. Um, And he's one point he highlights is court also notes Facebook doesn't dispute it originally described the inflated potential reach as people, despite it representing accounts, many of which were duplicate fake Etc. 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 So this is a whole mess. Seems like Facebook is going to be in trouble. He also makes a point to say that he is not calling them Meta. He's calling them Facebook. So <laughs> he's really fired up.
1: I hate these email, these court documents that highlight emails because it make you can make them look so bad. Mm-hmm. Now, I think Facebook is evil. Meta is evil. Whatever. <laughs> but I, at the same time, like you read things and you be like, well. You can make that read really bad out of context, and you don't know fully what the context is, even if you're in a thread. Yeah. Because they're having like phone conversations and then shooting off emails and then phone conversations. So I, I hate when people just like highlight these like email threads and then say this is horrible because it could be interpreted totally differently.
0: I feel like that's like the whole justice system. Yes. It's <laughs> like a big problem. That's what lawyers do.
2: Even what you just talked about. Like they said, people, like it could have been a mistake. Like, I, sure, they should have said accounts, but that's like. Somebody copywriter could have just said this people instead of accounts. Yeah, yeah, I I totally get that.
0: All I know is I'm really glad Jason read the lawsuit for me so I didn't have to because it's just dense.
2: At Jason underscore Kent.
0: Yeah, give it a follow. He has the whole thread in there with important parts from the article. So look it up. And a new study from NC State says that Facebook's interest targeting is inaccurate around 30% of the time. So not great. Um, another note from discord, Sam Kesich says, Oh, wait,
2: he, it's, it's about the same the study. It's about the study.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I have so much news this week. He says, I don't doubt this because I've seen recommendations or ads similar to the examples they share. But a sample size of 146 is pretty small, but 30% isn't.
2: How can that get published? It's 146 people. <laughs> I've seen worse. You've seen worse. Like how is this major news? Like that's that I don't know. When's the last time we've seen less than 146 people in a study.
1: Uh, um, that's, we get tons of stuff sent to us tons of stuff sent to search Engine Land, mm-hmm. And a lot of these studies are like, you know, 50 people 100 people. It's just weak and we don't cover it. So I mean, this is this is really weak.
0: Too. And when you don't have a lot of people, you're not gonna put that in the headline like sample size of yeah. five.
2: <laughs> I get to true. But like usually like smaller sample size are more detailed questions. This is like right. basic.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Sam. And that is it for paid. What's happening on organic, Barry?
1: Nothing. See <laughs> ya. <laughs> <laughs> well, then make some news. All right, let's make some news on organic. Um, and I apologize if this is like a little bit different than the Great Greg, but we'll we'll try our best. So. AKA the B team. <laughs> <laughs> First up from Brody Clark at Brody SEO. That's how you guys do it, right? Yep. He's highlighting how. Google is now showing web stories by default on page one on the mobile in the on the mobile results in the U.S. He sampled like some, a couple of screenshots showing this for like keywords like SEO and SEO tools, anything SEO in the keyword to, to, uh, you know phrase is super super competitive, and it's super interesting to see this because now it's, this could be a strategy that SEOs go go ahead and abuse, where they like if I want to rank for something super competitive, I make a web story and now I'm ranking for it in the first page of results. So what you're going to see soon everybody gleaming onto this in the seo community saying i want to rank number one for what type of drugs do you want now
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Coffee. laughs> yeah, caffeine,
1: <laughs> caffeine, whatever drug it might be the most expensive drug out there and you kind of make these web stories and we're going to go ahead and do what we do to everything in this seo world abuse it and manipulate it until google takes it away from us so i'm <laughs> expecting that to. I don't, the question is how long is this going to last that's that's the big question hopefully longer than the whole concept around AMP. Yeah. <laughs> that, that got dark. It's just instantly to us abusing it. And it, it was, Barry, you're not wrong. Like, that's what's going to happen, you know?
2: I just wonder why people, I feel like it's Brody and Glenn, and there's not a lot of other people talking about web stories, and I don't understand.
1: That, that's true. There are, actually, but they're the most well-recognized on that topic. And it's just a pain if you don't have the infrastructure to set up web stories yeah. when you haven't done it before. Once you do two or three, it's easy to do, but it's basically duplicating the work you did to yeah. create the video or the, or the content. And it's just tiring. It's like when you make this YouTube video and you want to go ahead and slice it up to multiple videos or TikToks or whatever. I was
0: just going to compare it to making yeah. TikToks. Yeah, it's
1: TikToks and there's no content in it. It's just images and some pieces of content. And Google, I'm surprised Google ranks it so well. I can't imagine this is going to last so long. But maybe the searcher just has like every American and every single person in the world less intention span. And yeah. Google's like serving up just these TikToks for people to consume that's what they want
2: yeah we used to try to do it it just took a lot of times we don't have the patience of queen jill and gales mm-hmm. on our side and we just kind of gave up because it wasn't performing that well but maybe it's worth
1: another shot for anyone out there yeah and next up um on the search engine roundtable aka rusty, beer. <laughs> rusty beard <laughs> beard i don't know um the vicinity update which joy hawkins um at Joy Hawkins, I think. Yeah, we call Twitter. that a
0: Joy Bomb here.
1: A Joy Bomb? That's cool. And she got this based on data from Yan Gilbert on on Twitter as well. Y-A-N Gilbert. Um this is basically a correction to the vicinity update, which was a Google local search update uh, reported back in December of 21. Um, Google actually later confirmed these updates. I hate when Google Google used to like have these updates and like I'll be like be like, there's an update going on, you'll do your charts with Greg. And or Barry charts Barry, right?
0: Barry's charts with Greg. Barry
1: charts, okay. but this
0: year we could do Barry's charts with Barry if there's any coming. That's super
1: meta. <laughs> um, in any event, so Google confirmed it like two weeks later saying, Yeah, you're right, or a month later saying, Yeah, you're, right, you're right, there was an update. And, and Joy named it the vicinity update because it was kind of how Google ranks stuff based on how local and uh how close those those uh, search results to you, those businesses were to you. And Joy wrote on uh, her local search forums and on Twitter, Happy to say that we're seeing corrections to some of the overkill that the vicinity update had on businesses that have keyword-rich business names. We were seeing patterns before the businesses with the keyword-rich business names were being filtered out if there were several businesses in the market that had similar names. Yeah, uh, and Gilbert discovered this. Thankfully, that seems to have been reversed. And she shows some cool GIFs of the changes from December to um, this like, March of this year. Showing how the rankings have changed um, less so in, in a better way. They're very happy about it. I think she uses a tool called White Spark um, and also Bright Locals tool, which tracks the visibility changes in local search, shows significant changes around March 23rd. Um, so if you didn't notice any changes with your local traffic, either you're looking at Google Business Profiles or your Google Analytics 4, 5, or 6 version, um, you will probably relate that to the vicinity update correction, which Google has not confirmed. But I don't think Joy has asked uh, Danny Sullivan to confirm that yet. You, guys maybe you need to ask. Should I ask right now,
0: live? <laughs> <laughs> do you have his phone number? I do. 1-800-DANNY? Right?
1: Yeah. Should I call him right now on the show? <laughs> is that <laughs> not you, you like, like that. that?
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and what, what are your thoughts? That white spark there, as a fellow chart head, what do you think about that white spark chart? I think it's very pretty. I agree. I
0: agree. I like the colors.
2: Unbelievable. I wish we had more charts there so we could do a full-on comparison, but maybe we'll get to that a little bit later. He, they
1: did say that the white spark people said, I think it's, what's his name? Darren Shaw. Darren Shaw. yeah. So he basically said on Twitter that they do have on the roadmap, Far Out, to make a public tool so we can look at it publicly without having to pay them money. So nobody likes to pay money for anything. Cool. And next up, um, we had a search update in terms of the design of the Google search results. So Friday afternoon, probably around 4 p.m., a Google-wrapped emailed me saying, we got some news for you. I say yay, and they sent it over. It's basically a more visual search design. So I wrote about it on Search Engine Land on Friday. where Basically, Google's giving a more visual design than mobile results in the U.S. So if you do a search for things like watches on mobile um, or searches for other keywords that maybe dri- drive like more visual things, like hand tattoos. you have a hand tattoo? No, no tattoos. It's not yet. <laughs> or game room designs. Google's going to show you like this grid effect, showing you side-by-side images of... Um, different articles, which kind of look like web stories to me when you look at them, but when you click on them, they're actual articles. And I, of course, like, all right. how does Google Search Console handle this reporting? Are they saying these are all position one results? Or is the one on the left position one, the one on the right position two? And I think anything in this box or set of boxes, it could be two, four, ten um, results, could all be position one in Google Search Console. So it's very important when you're looking at your data to say, why am I getting this spike in search traffic? to actually look at how people might see that both on desktop and mobile, do all the filtering, so you can actually see how this is actually impacting you, especially if you might fall into this more visually designed type of query type of thing where you're looking up tattoos or, or game rooms and stuff like that.
2: I actually had a good idea for tattoos, for like a full sleeve. <clears throat> I'm always like, I kind of want tattoos, but I can't really figure anything out that I'd want forever. And I told Jess this, but I thought like a full sleeve of like how to tie different knots. So like if I'm ever like out in the wilderness or something, I'd be like, oh, that's how you do a Steve Door or like a Bolin or something like that.
0: It's pretty hard to look at your own arm.
1: I guess. <laughs> Wasn't there a show with that? Like Prison Something where the guy's tattoos was like the map to get out of jail? <gasps> oh that's prison bite?
0: I don't know. I haven't seen that. My husband has it's his birthday. Happy birthday, Eddie. Um that's smart. Dang. Greg's other idea was to have a ruler so he yes. could measure things.
2: Yeah, so but get, then, when you, you get
0: like osteoporosis, don't you get a little shorter?
2: Well, I, then I wouldn't have to carry a ruler anymore, though. You know, <laughs> like I always carry a ruler with me. So
0: I know, but you as you get shorter, carry
1: ru- why?
0: Yeah. Wait, what is what the acronym amazing. you have?
1: EDC, Everyday Carry.
0: Everyday Carries.
1: You really carry your what's in your pockets? That's called. Yeah, so he has
0: flashlights. No, you're kidding me. No, I'm not
2: kidding
1: you. <laughs> flashlights.
0: <laughs> I, I, have,
2: I have a multi tool. I usually have a lighter, but I lost it. Do you use this stuff every single day? <clears throat> I'd say my multi tool I probably use every day. It's just got like pliers. What do you do with it? Um, <clears throat> I was cutting something before with it. There's a knife, there's a package opener, screwdriver. Very good. It's very nice, handy. you
0: can always turn to him when you need something. Yeah. Where do you do you put him next to your bed when you sleep?
2: I blacksmith a little holder and magnets. So I have magnets, how do they work? And I put the <laughs> stuff up onto the magnet and it holds it there and I just swipe it off, throw it in my pocket.
0: EDC.
1: It's a whole thing. <laughs> All right. On that, um, Google had a new search off the record podcast with Martin Split, Gary Ish, I'm saying that right, and Lizzie Sassman. Sassman? Both work? Either one. It's just a hilarious podcast to listen to. No offense to this podcast, but it's hilarious. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Um,
1: And they talk about organic search mostly, which I'm more of a fan of. No offense to PPPCers.
0: Yeah. And Greg famously thought it would only be 12 episodes, and now they're at like 20.
1: Yeah I I'm surprised they're keeping it up. I I do agree. But they're not all on each show. Like they'll swap in yeah. people and stuff like that. Um and they talked about DSEOing and what's funny to me is like Gary's like, "Yeah, we invented that word. Nobody ever used it before." And technically it might be true cuz if you googled DSEOing when they first launched it, there was very few people actually that actually talked about DSEOing it. But we used to call it over-optimization, like putting too many keywords on the page or keyword density issues or too many links and Google would kind of like not rank over optimized websites as well. But this was talking more about Google not wanting to get emails and feedback responses from searchers going to that page because Google doesn't want emails, Google doesn't respond to people, doesn't want to talk to anybody or doesn't want to talk back to anybody. Mm -hmm. They They want to talk to people. They don't want to like answer people's questions. They don't want
0: to hear from people. You're right. And they were getting all
1: this like traffic to their website that was kind of not 100% relevant to the pages that they had there. And Google's like, how can we go ahead and de SEO our content so that we don't get this traffic and we don't get people emailing us asking us?
0: Wait, so that? they're actually admitting to it. That's hilarious. Well, no,
1: I, I didn't think that, Barry, I thought that your original definition was what they're
2: going to talk about. When they're listening, it's like you're getting traffic that isn't converting. It's not the right traffic. How do you undo that? Which is strange, because it didn't seem like it was like over optimization, at least. Right. Where I can make it through. It was like, how do you get this, this irrelevant traffic out? It's right. Like, a, kind of like, who cares? Is that a, that big of a problem? Like,
1: I don't it know. Is. I- it is. because I remember I used to get all this traffic to my website about how to contact Google, mm-hmm. and people would email me constantly, Google, That's get my, I, you yeah. know, photo of my nude baby off the internet or something like that, or whatever <laughs> it might be. Nice. no. <laughs> People post pictures of their you know they yeah, picture yeah. their kids in the bath. Whatever whatever it may be. And then, then now they're all like they're like thirty five years old now and they don't want the picture of them when they were like a toddler in a in the bath.
0: That's but the real lesson. Counterpoint
1: here. though, isn't shouldn't shouldn't that page
2: do a better job of triaging people to where they need to go? My page? Yes.
1: I I guess I, I updated the page to say go here. Right. But people are dumb and they don't <laughs> they don't click go here. They go they literally call my eight hundred number because Google has no phone number you can call and they say, hi, Google. I'm like, I'm not Google. No, you're Google because I Googled <laughs> you and I went to rustybrick.com and I found your page and you are Google because I use Google to find you. I'm like, I'm not Google. I even have a blog post about we are not Google. Like, Can you read that? <laughs> yeah. So that's what they're talking about. They just don't want to There's nothing they could do. because
2: Yeah, like, but for a business, be very, very careful is my only thing with this. Like, if, if you're getting something wild and crazy that, that doesn't relate at all, for, for sure, go for it. But don't try to like, SEO stuff just is not like the best converting traffic. If it's if it's that for sure, get rid of it. Right. But, like I, I just worry that people aren't because people hear something and then go wildly like the right. opposite direction.
1: And, and the personalities on that show are like, yeah, not all the personalities, but especially Gary's. like he doesn't want to be bothered with stuff that he can't deal with, and it makes sense. But like you said, like if you could, if you're a real marketer, you could probably figure out how to tr- drive that traffic into some type of conversion, either affiliate link to some third party site or. installing malware on their computer. (laughs) Wow! (laughs) No, I'm just joking.
0: You should have just posted Danny's phone number on that page. There you go. (laughs) Uh,
1: I should have. Um, That would have been fun. I think I also have John's phone number, John Mueller, so maybe he would be helpful. He's more patient with people than than maybe somebody like Danny. But what the big thing here is, it's very interesting to see what they did here because... They have also a blog post about when they relaunched Google Webmaster tools and so forth to the Google Search Central, and they really consolidated a lot of content, which drove a tremendous amount of more, a lot more traffic to their website overall. So it's not like they lost a lot of traffic; they lost a lot of irrelevant traffic and drove a lot of significant traffic, which may have hurt publishers like us who produce content on that topic, mm-hmm. because now they're the we're linking to the source, and now they're finally getting that traffic. Um, but they're not answering questions, which means I'm answering less people asking me to help them with their Google problems.
2: And didn't, didn't
1: Gary say in the podcast that he doesn't have access to some tools for internal stuff? That was the other interesting part, was that he mentioned that he does have access. It's like he could go ahead and do whatever he wants in the back end of mm-hmm. Google and look up stuff like people's DA scores. Just joking, Google does not use DA. <laughs> um, but he said he can't do that. Well, Technically he can, but he doesn't do that because he has to be on the same level playing field as every SEO. They can't use internal SEO tools or internal Google tools that the public doesn't have access to to go ahead and try to rank their content better. Wow. Okay, and let, let's cut the mics here. Um, do you?
2: Do you? So, so we're not recording. Do you think Gary actually uses those tools for Google?
1: We're we not recording. No, we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> <They're> totally recording. <laughs>
3: he wouldn't go out. He didn't have to say that though. Why would he lie?
1: <laughs>
2: Just a joke. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. He didn't have to say that, and I think he. I think they do it out of the perspective of trying to put their themselves in the same position as SEOs, so they know what we're going through as SEOs, which is kind of why I started like a new blog. From I just recently started a new blog just to get that experience of how does a new blogger start from scratch. Obviously, I did it with Search and Roundtable. I did it with Search Engine Land when we first started that site. Um, I've done many new websites, but I'm like, I want a new new blog, a new topic, nothing about SEO. Um, and it really gives you a perspective that you didn't have prior. So it's useful. Oh, do you mean
2: lucidinsider.com?
1: Point all that DA to that site. <laughs> um anyway, um that's for another podcast at some <laughs> other site. Um and then Greg, you fed me this new story from Lawrence Chase with Chassis. Chassis? From Maine. From Maine. Yeah. At L Chassis. 707 marketing. And uh, Lawrence found that, um, basically said, just saw this for the first time in Google Merchant Center today. Looks like you can fix issues right in the tool. But remember to update your feed as well. And he basically shows a screenshot of the ability to go ahead and say, hide this fix, this suggestion, and view this fix suggestion. And when you make the fix, you can then go ahead and hit apply and then say you fix the issue. And that would somehow communicate to Google that you fixed the issue and they should refetch the feed and validate it again. Which is cool. I like how Google's tools—they do this with Search Console. I don't know if they do this in Google Ads, but basically a way to say we fix the issue, reprocess it, and they'll go ahead and reprocess, let you let you know if the issue is resolved or not. Also, Google has announced the new Trusted Store badge. This comes way of the Google blog, but actually we spotted this a few months ago, or a month ago. Uh, when Google kind of fed out this information around the Google Shopping Experience Scorecard, which I think you guys covered here, mm-hmm. yep. I spotted that back then via Menachem. Thank you. Ami, Ani.
0: Just cut that into the beginning when I said his name. Nobody wrong. wants to
1: hear on a podcast. People going, uh, it's not a good sound. But I found it from him back in February 22nd, which is pretty cool. And then Google uh, basically is basically a way for you to feed Google to say how great my customer service is as a as a business. Am I doing returns on time? and a bunch of different metrics around how fast you deliver, which kind of made me scratch my head. Like, what if you feed Google information that's not legit? I think I think you guys spoke about that on your show. any event, now they finally released it. Initially, it was supposed to be like the, some of the rewards for having great customer experience and, and to do well with the shopping experience scorecard was to basically, basically get higher shopping rankings in Google Search. Mm. Google didn't go with that, at least not yet, and they just launched this new trusted store badge Um, There's a little screenshot of that, which you're going to place somewhere over here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's cool. It has a little trusted store, which supposedly increases click-through rate, and you'll get a lot more traffic to your website, and you'll make a billion dollars so that you go ahead and buy more tools for your pockets to put stuff in.
2: (laughs) Uh, I'm excited. I need need a little pry bar. That's my next thing.
1: (laughs) And also, they came out with these new Merchant Center Insight Reports, which give you basically more details around how to keep customers uh, you know, growing your business and so forth. One of the things is about new reports that show merchants the total traffic impressions, conversion rates of their free listings, helping them make the decisions about future ones in the future. So they used to have all this great reporting for just the ones who paid. All you PPCers get great reports <laughs> and the SEOs get nothing. But they actually gave us something here with this merchant center stuff and a nice little badge to make us a little happy. Nice. Um, I haven't seen the badge in the wild, in the wild yet, but maybe you have. Um, Okay, so next up, uh, via Greg Finn at Greg Finn on Twitter. Um, He shared this information about how sessions are identified in GA4. Um, It's pretty interesting because everybody's scratching their heads, GA4 is out. You have to go in and switch to it. And nobody's like, I don't want to switch to it, but you have to do it. And actually, Search Engine Land just released a study on are people going to switch or not. And I think people said yes, but we'll get into that later. Uh, And it basically uh, talks about how a session um, is initiated when a user either opens up, basically how it works is a user opens up the app. I, I, I spoke with, um, who's your data person here again? Sarah. Sarah. Sarah, I apologize about the name. And a lot of people don't know this, but again, the reason everything in the help documentation around GA4 starts with app is because it all started all GA4 is Firebase, is mm-hmm. Firebase based on apps. So everything starts with app in the help. So the way a session is first initiated is if you open up the app in the foreground or if you have a website and you've, uh, somebody views a page or a screen and so forth. Uh, and previously, the se- session would be basically time you out after an inactivity. But by default, the session here ends after 30 minutes of user inactivity. Um, the docs also say that there is no limit to how long the session can last. How Google actually counts those sessions are pretty interesting. The sessions are counted in Google Analytics 4 property may be lower than the sessions counted in the Universal Analytics property, which we've all seen when you go to the uh, ga four usually that session graph is a lot lower. Um, this is because GA4 does not create a new session when a campaign source changes mid-session, while Universal Analytics does create a new session under that circumstance for every single uh, campaign source change. Um, if the session crosses a day, uh, day boundary like starts from 11.55 p.m. and ends at 12.05 a.m., it is considered a single session, though it is counted for, this, for, one, uh, each, for one each day. Um, so it's, it's pretty interesting to see how that all works. Um, and then the, this, this help document goes into more things around how um, they made a change to the session IDs back in October 2021. And if you are looking at your GA4 data, if you have set it up back in those in, in, back in October of 2021, you may see a difference in terms of that tracking after October 2021. Uh, but I think most people like me probably have not set up GA4 until Google actually made us do that recently. So that's some point there. Also on Search Engine Land, we posted this poll, which we did asking people... Do you plan to make the switch to GA4? I don't think anybody has GA4. Uh, I think nobody has a choice. They have to. They mm-hmm. mm-hmm. can switch to something else, I guess. And about seventy percent of the of the two hundred fifty marketers. Is that enough people? <laughs> it's double. The others are <laughs> yeah, double, it's double better. It's ten times better. Um, <laughs> The poll, basically 70% said they plan on switching by themselves and they'll do the, the migration of GA. I don't know what people call it a migration. It's not really a migration. Google calls it a migration, but you shouldn't migrate. No, they call it an you,
0: upgrade.
1: It should be parallel. Yeah. Yeah, you should be having both snippets of code on your website um, and don't migrate. Although Google has a tool to somewhat to help you migrate or they call it a tool. It's not really a tool.
2: It's like import. It's not because you're not you can't leaving, import anything either. But you can like get some goals and stuff.
0: I would just say you gotta set up GA4. <laughs> yeah. <set>
2: up. Just <laughs> stick you. the
1: code on there and um make sure it sticks.
2: And for those 12% in the study from Search Engine Land that are exploring other analytics platforms, I know I talk about it relentlessly here, but good, go explore things, but you should still keep GA4 on. There are so many benefits. And if somebody's telling you to get rid of it, please don't. Like it will help you down the road when you need to turn ads on.
1: For sure. Um and then on YouTube TV at YouTube TV, um, via Greg Finn, best uh, BFF of the friend, of the show. Uh, we, it says, we know 5.1 5. Oh, 5. audio is important to many of you, so we wanted to share an update. We're currently testing 5.1 audio on Google TV, Android TV, and Roku. And if everything runs smoothly, we can expect 5.1 audio to launch on those devices next. That's huge. Like that, they need to get, like, get off of
2: the computer and into like the people's recreation mm-hmm. and having a better audio experience, especially when you're like renting movies and, and seeing these videos that are so well produced um, across the board. Like, yeah, have good audio and people have surround sound systems and like you'll have more people watching YouTube. Why wouldn't you do and
0: that? let people close the app and still play? <laughs> That would well,
1: help too. Yeah. <laughs> how important is that? Oh, I mean, I don't hear a difference. I mean, people are like, oh, this sounds great. I don't listen to much music, maybe, but podcasts I listen to.
0: Greg is a big audio guy. I
1: have nine point
2: one
0: in my house.
1: Nine point one. Nine point one. That's almost twice as better as five point one. <laughs> nine point one. It's funny how they made a jab at Apple. Like we're still working internally with, with uh, and with partners to enable five point one on Apple TV, Fire TV, and game consoles. Although Apple TV, I mean, it's not really working with Apple TV. They don't make their TVs. They can't, they have their own like surround sound type of solution. I forgot what they call it. But they're they're very into their sound on the new MacBooks, on the the new displays, the studio, and so forth. So it's interesting to see them take a a jab there. But I'm not sure how important audio quality is unless you're a big audio guy.
2: I think I'm 7.1. So I guess I'm not a big audio person. I don't even know what I
0: have. You are a big audio person.
2: Matt's a bigger audio person here.
0: Yeah, you guys both hear things that I never hear. (laughs) It's really bad. I hear the
1: water. Can we get a mic up there? (laughs) (laughs) And the last story I have here for the organics news is Spotify has put their pods acquisition to test with a new discovery feature for finding new podcasts. So Spotify acquired this company for a lot of money, almost $50 million. Um, And now they're actually going ahead and just building out this feature, which According to TechCrunch, which we found at techcrunch.com, Pods has originally attempted to solve the problem of, of podcast discovery with something it called the first audio news feed. That is, it has presented users with 60-second audio clips from various shows that you will scroll through in, or, in a vertical feed, similar to the format uh, popularized by apps like TikTok. Um, what made the, uh, the company's technology interesting, according to this article, is that it didn't rely on podcast creators to produce their own clips or for its feed. Instead, it uses what's called machine learning model that has been trained on some 100,000 hours of audio to help automate automatically select clips to showcase. So it's a I guess finding podcasts is hard, and Spotify is trying to figure out ways to help increase you know subscribers to different podcasts that might be relevant to that user.
0: That sounds like it could be great because I don't want to cut anything up. But also, what if they pick like a stupid clip? <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're mostly stupid clips, yeah, so it'd be pretty true. easy for us. <laughs> And that's it with organic.
2: All right. And heading on to the social section here from social media today. Twitter Spaces is testing new analytics. And this is a pretty big deal. You know, one of the things I think that Twitter Spaces, you know, arguably not even arguably, it's the leader in live audio now. They've sort of surpassed Clubhouse.
0: I forgot the name of Clubhouse yesterday. <laughs> I was like talking about it. I was like, what was it called before Twitter Spaces? <laughs> I know
2: Hillary Quinn still uses it. That's okay. all I know. But what Twitter spaces does, is you can look and there's a little, uh, it looks like a little chart, Barry, you know, a little chart there when you look at your spaces. And if you open it up, you can see things like the number of live uh, followers, live listeners, the number of replays of the space, which is really cool. Um, the co host, the number of speakers, the duration. So these are all things that are really gonna help creators to hopefully monetize right down the road and then be more embedded in spaces um and i i just think this is a huge win for twitter and doing something you know unique right like you're you're building this these tools
1: out on spaces i do like the twitter analytics i do like what they're doing i just the whole super followers thing is is weird thanks for super following me and giving me 3 bucks a month i you appreciate bet. that um but it's weird like why would people pay for that i don't get it I mean, to make the support. See, I get the Twitter. I get the super follows. The Twitter blue, I just, for the
2: life of me, that doesn't make any sense. Just make your platform really, really good and have more people use it and make more money.
1: Um, But what are your thoughts on super follows? So it's hard for me because I share everything for free. Mm -hmm. I'm not in the model of like sharing stuff for money uh, ever. And I'm like, what could I share that I wouldn't share for free? So... I guess sometimes I share like news before I write it. Um,
0: you could share your recipes, butter on bread.
1: Yeah, I Ooh. Could, recipes. I don't People like have recipes.
2: been craving that. Do you remember the infamous butter on bread? Oh, th- butter sandwich.
1: That. Yes, that's a good one. <laughs> but that wouldn't get so many likes if I just share it. With just, I mean, Greg would like it, but <laughs> we're obsessed here with it. The it butter. is pretty <laughs> the butter sandwich. <laughs> I'm like, I'm hungry. I look in the fridge, it's like some butter. <laughs> some like bread bread in the, on the side I'm like, how can I we should put another picture of that? But it just still wouldn't spread. And then I'm getting all this advice from people about like how you should put it in like a butter bowl. I'm like and then I start Googling what is a butter bowl. I'm like, Oh, you could buy it on Amazon. I'm like, I'm not gonna start putting butter into a bowl I'm eating butter all day. I don't wanna eat butter. I mean I'm large enough as it is to start eating butter, it's like I don't know. But
2: it yeah, looks it's
0: delicious. It's lunchtime now. So.
2: <laughs> All right. And next up from Facebook, they are showing you how you can drive reach without watch bait. It's totally a problem that they made themselves for the record. Yeah, But they say we see the use of watch bait in our video ecosystem, which includes using tactics like withholding key information, sensationalizing content or misleading viewers. It's just like a whole bunch of things. They're like, hey, don't put his reaction was priceless or and then his girlfriend did this. Um, So again, it's it's pretty basic stuff here. But it's funny that they're finally now being like, don't use watch bait when that's like how they built everything mm-hmm. is clickbait and sensationalism. And you know, all that.
1: That sounds like a baity title to me.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. And from Twitter on their high communities handle at high communities. Back in February, you can then start adding new moderators from a member list and removing ones as of um, I believe it was earlier this week, Monday, you can now remove mods via iOS and Android. So that's really nice. A lot of times people can cause havoc if they're in a community and you can just remove them right from the fly if they're being naughty or something like that. So take that.
1: Are you on communities?
2: We have a marketing community, but we don't really, we don't, it's like similar with your super followers. Like I don't know what we should put in our discord versus what we should put in our Twitter communities. We've done some stuff where we're like showcase, um it's like screenshots from the show before they come out and mm-hmm. funny stuff, but
1: that's interesting i I'm part of a bunch of uh, Twitter communities, and I, don't, I feel like they 're just dying out, but it all depends on who's participating there. I yet. think your new
2: new side project would be ripe for communities because that's where you can like really geek out about stuff, ask specific questions it's not going out to the masses um, and I'll make a note right over here again insight or, or dot com
1: Somebody's like, isn't Lucid going to sue you for using Lucid Insider? I'm like, there's Google Insider, there's Apple Insider, there's every Insider.
2: All right. Well, maybe before you set that up, sit back and consider if you'll be using what Elon Musk is potentially building, a new social media platform. He says that Twitter doesn't allow for free speech and that he could build his own social media platform. Funny thing is, if he built his own platform, I bet he could build it better than these platforms, all they do is copy each other like, that's the one thing he doesn't necessarily do is like copy people. Mm-hmm. so like maybe it, it, I bet it wouldn't have
1: stories for everything. I bet it wouldn't have live audio. I bet it have something totally different, maybe like live video or something. What would you envision an Elon Musk social media platform would look like?
0: I don't know
1: like, I don't know. Like with f- flamethrowers I mean, how would it work? Like tunnel digging <laughs> That's space how, crash?
2: That's what
0: I think of the tunnels. <laughs>
1: Like, he thinks so out of the box. It would be very interesting for him to do that.
2: I think he get a pretty pretty big dose of reality when he's like it's free speech, and then he sees like yeah. all the like all the hate.
0: Yeah, I get a little worried when people say they need more free speech. <laughs> like, what do you need to say? <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm not going to comment on any of that. But something that was interesting on the Twitter spa Twitter side of things is that they're announcing a new series of watch parties. For a TV series on Paramount Plus called Halo. So, this I think is again where Twitter is really in their element. You're able to watch this teaser. Um, For the series and then communicate back and forth. And I actually, it's one of my favorite things to do when watching sports or something is relaxing is like, what are people talking about and saying about this? And Twitter is the go to for it and they're leaning in on it. And I think this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, it's a way to build following, community, and everything like that. So they're leaning into that, leaning into gaming, and I'm all for it. All right. And from YouTube, they are announcing, they've announced something in a very experimental phase called timed reactions. The best way I can consider this is it's almost like a variety of different emojis that you can use similar to like what um, Periscope had with the hearts um, and there's a bunch it will be up on screen right now. You can see there's like a cat with his hands on his cheeks. Um, there's a light bulb and, you know, different smiley emojis and things like that but it does seem nice that you can see where within a video, almost like a SoundCloud, where people are chiming in, you know, in specific spots. So I, I love this. It'd be really interesting. And I think it would be really helpful for Google as well. Like if you're YouTube and you see that there's a lot of engagement around one spot, like, great. That's cut that into a chapter. That might be something to, to rank, you know, show in the, the ranking. So I, I'm all for this. Um, and it also is not going to be pulled into YouTube analytics yet, but they are, um, they are planning on it. They said they'd like to see that. All right. And from Twitter as well, there was a tweet or there was a story about uh, there may be co-authors of tweets. And again, I I love this. I think it makes a ton of sense, especially when you're sponsored with somebody. Like it helps somebody give that attention to a brand. You've seen it on Instagram. Um, There was, I think it was Alessandro Polizi who found this. And it just looks basically like anything else you'd see out there. Um, the article, though, says the good news is Twitter is developing a feature that allows users to co-author tweets with other accounts. The not so good news is we don't know when and if the edition will ever see the light of day.
0: So, mm-hmm. I wonder if it would in both people's to both people's followers, like they do on Instagram.
2: I would imagine that that's if you're nice co-authoring feature, then. it, then it just yeah. goes out to both. But that's cool. Like you could, you know, tweet one and hey, or here's this with search engine land and you know, rusty brick. <laughs> All right. And lastly here, maybe not lastly here, um, from Alessandro Pelosi again, he found the ability that Instagram is allowing to reply to stories with images. I don't know why you want that really. I think the emojis are fine, but you can start putting images in on some tasks that are seen out there in the wild. And from Pinterest over on martech.org, they are offering more funding to creators from um marginalized communities. And it is $1.2 million in additional funding for its creator fund. There are some requirements. You need to specialize in fashion or beauty content. You identify as one of the following underrepresented creator groups, people of color, people with disabilities, and members of the LGBTQIA community. You currently have between 1,000 and 10,000 followers, and you've not monetized your content yet. So, And you've made an idea pin. So love to see that. Love to see the support. I'm here, all here for it. Wait, what's that sound? It's time for Greg's charts with Barry.
0: I feel All really right. bad for the nice man who sang that in four different keys and you just butchered it up.
2: Look, we have to do this. It's time
0: you should have just paid him for a new version
2: for Greg's charts with Barry. Okay, Okay. people love this segment. And this is an <laughs> IRL segment. So what I'm gonna have you do, you've got some charts some paper charts in front of you. Yep. So slide those your way.
0: I have some too. Yes. Wow, what an honor. Okay, p-
2: don't flip that over yet. Okay. Okay. Pick the first chart up, and it'll be up on for everybody here. And I'd like to know your thoughts on the following chart.
1: Am I supposed to read the footer? Be nope. You just just thoughts on the chart.
2: <laughs>
1: Good. Um, bad. It looks kind of like a weird EKG. Okay. Do you like this?
0: I hate a line chart. Okay. Well, this gives me serious anxiety.
2: This was just a little warm up chart here. This is the real mortgage payments. So it's the implied monthly principal interest payments in 2021. And you can see a nice little spike there. But I'm with you. I don't like this chart. So that was a task (laughs) you all
0: passed. Is this social
2: news? Yeah, this is social (laughs) (laughs) news. No, I'm just shorting this in. All right. So next chart. No. Okay. What are our thoughts on this chart, which will also be up on Mm -hmm. YouTube? And what do you think?
0: You want my thoughts? Yes, Barry,
1: your
2: There's chart. There's no
0: x-axis.
1: It looks like a sad, sad dog or something.
2: So don't like that chart either.
0: No, what yeah. am I looking Good. at?
2: That was the win probability for the Bills-Chiefs game. That was a test. You're in Buffalo. You get run right out of the town if you said you liked it. Um, so that I'm was great. Out
1: I'm out of here anyway. So, all right.
2: Next up, next chart. What are our thoughts on this chart?
0: <laughs> okay. Um, it's a bar chart, so it's a little easier for me to comprehend. Um, but it's like very, everything's very even. There's not a lot of.
2: Do you like this or no? No. No? Barry, See? Chart head. This is arguably known. It's the drinking ages across Canada, and it's arguably cited as one of the worst charts ever made. There's decimals here. There's no decimals on there, and everything's 19. It's so like, did
0: you Google worst charts ever made? Just
2: I just have like a little, little file, like okay. a little tickler file so in case this ever comes out, you know. We ever find ourselves in this situation? Okay, next chart. Uh,
1: What what is this? What what are you doing to us? It's it's Greg's charts with Barry. Okay, but these are not. These are. Do they get better? Yes, every it it escalates.
0: (laughs) This is something that's like turned off on the weekends or something. (laughs) It looks like a B two B ads like ad spend report.
1: What happened
2: over here? Oh, that's the. Oh, oh.
0: What is it?
2: Twenty twenty one. What happened in
1: twenty twenty one? This is this chart. So Did you like this, Barry? Something changed. So you yeah. co-signed this. It's probably one of the ranking charts. Okay.
2: This is a Google Trends chart for the number of queries for the term SEO is dead. <laughs> Picking up recently here. Whoa. All right. Next chart.
0: A lot of color. Okay, on this I like this one a lot. This is I thought ha- you would. this makes me happy. I'm thinking of like candy. I really like it, and it's like all fun things on the side. Oh, it looks like we're talking about methods of transportation, maybe including scooter. How fun!
2: What are your thoughts on this chart, Barry? Too much color. Too much color. Well, Shep, I'm pleased to inform you that this is a graph of Taylor Swift albums by mode of transport mentioned with the (laughs) with the album names underneath. What? So you're you guys? You know your charts.
0: When did she talk about scooter?
2: I don't know. I've never listened to a song of hers.
0: Okay. I need to fact check this. Okay. All right, and finally here, last chart.
2: What do you
1: think about this chart?
0: Oh man. It's climbing.
1: This looks like something COVID related.
0: Oh, I had it upside down. (laughs) (laughs) It's still climbing (laughs) upside down
1: though. I like the chart. Okay. It's not not so much color. It has some type of Pattern is doing something. Uh, but then there's these weird like declines, which might be just a missing yeah. piece of data. You, you are so good at this. Like, we, we should have a chart podcast where you just break down charts. We're ta- I was talking about that. Somebody does a podcast on you did fuzzy animals. Somebody that's fuzzy animals. No, somebody was in your office had a radio show about fuzzy animals. Who? <laughs> I don't know. You got to ask around fuzzy animals. I'm like, around. reminded me of Sheldon's. On Big Bang Theory, his fun with flags. We could do fun was with Was it charts. Mark?
0: Did you no. hear about this show today?
1: Yes, today, but it wasn't Mark. <laughs> Nicole. Somebody who worked at a radio, did a radio thing like as an intern. Oh, there's Nicole. There's
2: Nicole. Okay. okay. So, anyway, this chart is our listenership here at Marketing O'Clock.
0: Wow. Oh, I should have known it. And if
2: you look at 2018, that was a sad time. Yeah. Where we were putting out for six months basically. We were getting twenty listens a week. We we're at high was like eighty a month,
1: and you know now we're. Where's the data from?
2: Uh, anchor, anchor. anchor.
1: Okay, yeah, cool. So nice. congratulations. Too, yeah. Why did everything just drop off? Because it's me. It's my fault. Because I'm on the show. No, it, it was actually it's actually really interesting. We
2: saw a big drop when um, commutes dropped, and then we kind of picked back up after that. And we had a big spike too when we were over on the Search Engine Journal network, and we could have our shows over there too. So then we kind of were fighting two different potential declines by just not being in the news as much. So um, that was Greg's Charts with Barry, an audio program about visual
0: charts. That was fun and not social related. (laughs) And lastly
2: here, we'll leave you on some social news. From Delta One on Twitter, Walter Bloomberg says, OnlyFans has held talks with multiple blank check companies or SPACs about merger to take it public from Axios. Shep, your thoughts. No, thank you. All right. And that was social. (laughs)
0: okay now into segment segment first up here we have a segment called anu president because anu was elected president of the paid search association this week and it was a really really close race but somehow she won just kidding it was unanimous congratulations How could it anu? Not be <laughs> with anu? so exciting we congrats. Love you, anu. congrats
2: all right and i've got a new segment here called for you i would cross the line i would waste my time i would lose my mind something i just made up you ever heard of that before
0: just finish the story and then we will have to something. It's from
2: Krista Doyle. She's actually a marketer over at Twitter and she has a side project, Taylor Swift podcast. She says- in, Holy in, Swift. In, do you listen to the show?
0: I don't like it.
2: Oh, we're going to tag her in
0: this. No. Okay, <laughs> take that out. No, that's staying in.
2: All right, but Krista has the Holy Swift pod and when Wordle came out, she came up with one game that you do like. Taylor. Lordle,
0: And they ran out of five-letter words. And then they expanded to more letters.
2: Okay. But anyway, she says her podcast numbers before the um, Taylordal came out this game that helped bring en- engaged Taylor Swift users in, she'd have 800 plus um, monthly, 8,000 plus monthly podcast downloads, which is right about where we are now on the top of that chart. After she says she, the Taylordal launched, she's now up to 18,000 listens. mm mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in a month. So nearly doubled or over doubled.
0: Yeah, awesome. And I really respect you, including Taylor in today's episode. And I really respect you looking up the lyrics to Don't Blame Me, which is an amazing song, but I have about a million better titles. So I'm just going to run through them really fast. End game make stupid games win real prizes. Podcasting Ooh. is a ruthless game unless you play it good and right. Let the games begin. You might have him but I always get the last Taylor podcasting is like trying to solve a Taylor and realizing there's no right answer. You keep the downloads. He keeps the Taylor. You heard the rumors from Inez. You can't believe a Taylor. She says, <laughs> "Back when we were car sharks playing Taylor." I've come too far to let some name dropping sleaze tell me what are my Taylor's worth. Wow, that took me about two minutes. By if the way, anybody
2: <laughs> doubts her fandom of Taylor Swift, I hope that you've been disproved.
1: I have nothing to add.
2: I <laughs> apologize. <laughs> All right, and DTC is another new segment here, and it's from Sean Frank at Sean Ecom. says, the DTC bear market is here. Ridge has gone from eight figures in Raven Q1 2020, or has done eight figures in Raven Q1 2020. We spent millions and millions on paid media this quarter. I think my team is literally the number one team at Ecom. I think our business is a, a top 10 durable brand. And it was still hard as heck this quarter and goes on to answer some questions. But it seems like a lot of these DTC companies are really starting to struggle post-stimulus um, checks, post-COVID. you know COVID. It seems like things are, are getting to be a little bit harder. So if you're in DTC, you know, there's others there with you. All right. And finally here, we've got our final segment called John Too Soon. Stephen Wiltheat, the creator of the GIF, has oh
0: my God. died.
2: And <laughs> I just want to extend my sincere condolences. GIFs has brought so much joy into my life and in, into many others. Um, and again, I think that that gif versus GIF debate will go on in yes. rage for a long time. And people say a lot of times like, you know, like you're truly gone, like once people stop talking about you, Stephen is they never gonna never gonna. No. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if only there was like a, a, a statement or something from him to like solve this, it would have really been nice. But the only thing that we have from him is it's pronounced GIF not GIF. So we'll never know okay. how to actually pronounce that the
1: correct way. <laughs> you remember like at Searching Land we used to like do the daily like who's writing what via email?
2: Yes. not on we Slack. used Rusty Budget as well. Right.
1: But I used to respond to like using GIFs back in the day. I used to copy GIFs and put them in the email and send it before Slack. Remember that? And I used to yes. bug Matt McGee so much. <laughs> yeah, he, he hated like GIFs. <laughs> He's like, it's disrespectful. It's insulting. I'm like, no, it's fun. And I just want to say, Matt, I was right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I also remember, like the one of my favorite things is when Search Engine Land was turning comments off, and you were you just talked about how much you loved comments on Search Engine Roundtable, and you go over there, and there's like a lot of great comments, but then there's also like a
1: cesspool of oh, people
2: that were there's just
1: trolls beyond troll and <laughs> SEO level trolls. It was great. I mean, yeah. people like threatening to kill me and like do whatever, like the worst things to you. And I just I just love it. I don't know why, but I live for trolls.
3: And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise.
0: Okay, for me this week, I am really enjoying, cause I finally um, restarted and updated Google Ads Editor 2.0 and um, the Performance Max cam- campaigns are now compatible in there and you can remove your audience signals from your asset group and change them in there. And I like that a lot. So appreciate it.
2: Nice. So something working hard for me, I know that with Slack, you can make your own categories and and then you can put different, different channels within those categories. I didn't know that you could put emojis in with the category name. So I went through and like, if I have client included, I've got like a zipper mouth. So I know like what that is. If it's marketing clock, I've got our icon there. So if you do have a lot of different channels in Slack, I just now use those emojis. It just makes me so happy.
0: Very cute.
1: Anything working hard for you or hardly working? I didn't think about this
2: before. I know. Sorry
0: we didn't warn you.
1: <laughs> um, okay. So what's working? So I obviously spent like six hours driving here. Well worth it. Thanks. So thanks for having Glad me. Glad to have you. But thankfully my my car, a lot of the cars have it these days, has like it will stay in the lane on the highway and like follow the car in front of you and just do all that type of stuff. And then it makes you touch the wheel. So that really is a great way that I could actually travel and also get worked on, although you're not really supposed to do that. <laughs> oh <my>
3: god, Barry. <laughs>
1: So I like that feature, it really helps me a lot. And while I was actually driving, I, I, I had to extend my lease. I actually bought a new car while I was driving here. Wow. I don't have it yet, but it's, on, it's, in, it's in the mail. It,
2: it's like so a made box. too. It's like you bought a self-driving car while sort of self-driving. Yeah, I bet they, they didn't
0: think that the self-driving car was going to make you buy a car from the road. Like.
1: <laughs> right, and I hope it comes in a nice box, because I want to feature that box on my desk. I don't think it's (laughs) going to
2: fit.
3: And now for this week's
1: Cool Tool.
3: As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is an
0: update that I don't hate, Jess Bud. You can now create externally friendly booking pages with appointment scheduling and Google Calendar. This is huge. The appointment scheduling feature allows users to share their availability via booking page, which can be used by external stakeholders, clients and partners to schedule time. So this is available for Google Workspace Business Standard and all the above higher subscription plans and it'll be rolling out over the next couple weeks. And I am so excited about this.
1: Can we talk about this Google's Business Standard? I w- I'm grandfathered in on the original Google Apps for Business Oh, you for are? free, oh. and they're making me pay, which is yeah, fine. Yeah, that just we, happened We to got us everything too.
2: off of it, finally.
1: You, 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 we
2: finally had to pay. I'm we still were,
1: grandfathered. When did you have to pay? Bye. Last month, I think, is when we got, or we transitioned
2: off last month. We got the note that-
1: I'm just waiting for them to move me to it. It's automatic. So I think I'll wait a little bit longer until they push me to it. And then I'll get all these great features like this calendar feature.
3: Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week, an article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show.
2: All right, and this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes by way of Luke Chapman from our Discord. It is from Zwipey.com, Zippy, Zwipey. It's Cyrus Shepard, and he has a post called The Optimal Title Tag Lengths for SEO Based on Science. And being a doctor, maybe he knows a little something about science. Do you know what kind of doctor he is, Barry?
1: Doctor of SEO. Doctor of SEO.
2: Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Um, But basically, Cyrus goes through, has a bunch of great examples, and talks about um, when 600 pixels isn't really 600 pixels. And if you are looking to work on some of your title tags, you will definitely not want to miss this over on zippywithay.com. Thank you, Cyrus.
0: And now onto our playlist of curated songs to work to. You can head over to playlist.marketingaclock.com to listen to Marketing a playlist. What are you adding this week, Greg?
2: I'm adding Mansions with a Z, and it's a million miles away. Shout out to PPC Greg.
0: Okay, and I am adding From Both Sides Now by Amelia Jones from the official movie soundtrack for Coda, which I finally saw the real version. If anyone was wondering, and it was one of the best movies I watched and this year. Did Patrick
2: Stewart win for
1: leading man?
0: Unfortunately, no. Okay. <laughs> Barry, do you have a song you want to add?
1: I get I, I don't really listen to songs ever or because you're cars working in the car.
0: Because
1: <laughs> I'm working in the car <laughs> and my commute is like ten minutes. So I figure I'll catch up on the real news, not the SEO news. Any event, But I'm a big uh, Neil Young fanish person, so maybe old man because I'm getting older.
0: <laughs> okay, nice. Oh, yeah. We'll add it. All right, that does it for today's show.
1: If we can add it on
2: Spotify, please make sure you follow Barry Schwartz. There's going to be shop me, Jess, a whole bunch of other folks, Nicole who here on the show. Catch those interviews. Follow along YouTube. Search for Rusty Brick, Barry Schwartz, Search Engine Roundtable. Any of those will get you where you need to go.
3: Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we cover. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join.
0: Welcome to this week's shooting the Hack. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the hack. And Greg has prepared some trivia for us today, correct? Yes, because okay.
2: today's April Fool's Day. I have April Fool's trivia for everybody. So if you want to ring in and answer, you need to just state your name. Okay. okay? All right. So, first off, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> in the trivia, and I need to keep score here.
0: And is Killer playing? Yes. Killer's yeah. playing. Okay. Her
2: camera isn't working. We just yell at our name? That's yeah. It. Yep. So you say Barry, and then I'll call on you. Okay. In Portugal, what object is traditionally thrown at friends in celebration of April Fool's Day?
0: Shep. Meatballs.
2: Incorrect. Killer. Killer. Tomatoes. Incorrect. Barry, Berry? Uh, worm, <laughs> <Wait>, watermelons. <laughs> Incorrect. It was flour. That would hurt. Oh, it hurt. <laughs> flour. Flour. Okay. We'll do an easier one here. All right. Which media network once aired an April Fool's Day host centered on make-believe spaghetti plants? They were offering spaghetti plants and talking about spaghetti plants.
0: So we need the name of the show? Gucci. We need the name of the network. Did you give a, a date range or no? It's
2: 1957.
1: Barry, Barry, ABC,
2: incorrect. Shep. Shep. CBS, incorrect. Killer.
0: There's oh. not many left. Do you not know the cable networks? Because you're NBC. so dense-y? Okay.
2: BBC. No,
0: you guys are wrong. Okay. You didn't tell us it was British. That's
2: not fair. <laughs> I mean, you might you can you can get this one. Shep Shepper Killer is gonna get this one. Okay. On okay. April f- April's fools, fool's Day, twenty eighteen, which celebrity was famously pranked on Instagram into believing his pregnant wife was about to give
0: birth?
3: I have no idea. <laughs> That's a terrible prank.
0: Pretty bad. Um, Shep.
2: Okay. The Rock. No. Okay. This isn't going. Any
3: one of the guesses? <laughs> that anybody wants?
2: So far, it's
1: zero to zero to zero. This is working out well.
3: You have to do multiple choice.
0: Would you get, okay, I, right, I, Would you I, get
1: we, these? Would you get these without you wouldn't get any of these? No. <laughs> no.
0: The real jokes on you, Greg, because you make me do shooting the heck and you give me such a hard time when it misses. Jokes on oh, you. Man, this is gonna be
2: entertaining. Okay, it was Ray J. All right. So oh,
0: J. come on. That is a terrible <laughs> prank. All
2: right. Okay, well let's talk about another one somebody here should get. Which American City has an actual parade on April Fool's Day?
0: Okay. Shep. Shep. Is it Topeka? No, it's not Topeka. I know they read didn't they rename Topeka to Google one year and that was the big prank, so I thought it was them. Do you remember that?
1: No. Nobody's going there still.
2: All right. (laughs) Any any other cities?
3: No idea.
1: Barry. I could guess. guess. I mean, um, San Francisco.
3: New York City. It's where you're from.
1: Seriously? Yes. It doesn't the, sound very New Yorker. They just
3: have a parade every
0: day. The April it's called Fools. traffic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the April Fool's Day
2: Parade, founded by famous prankster Joyce Skaggs in 1986, is now organized annually by the New York Wait, April Fool's the Committee.
0: the parade is just people calling a traffic jam a parade. <laughs>
2: All right. Which country was April Fool's Day formerly known as
0: Huntington? Walk Day. I had no idea that April Fool's Day was celebrated in any other country. It seems like a distinctly stupid American tradition. Okay, I'll
1: I'll, I'll guess. Barry, Barry, Canada? No.
0: Portugal? No.
2: Okay, no. Scotland. All right, (laughs) we're gonna get one here. First one wins. Okay. Actually, no, we got a bunch more. All right. Which (laughs) technological invention was once famously believed to be an April Fool's Day prank? Barry. Barry. Gmail. Gmail. Gmail was launched on the 1st of April, 2004. At that time, many people (laughs) thought it was hoax for webmail service to offer a whole gigabyte
1: of free storage. That's funny. I remember that. We were like... Is this true? Is this true? Did we cover this? Is this a joke? Is it a real? That was annoying. They should never do that again.
2: Okay, I got one for Jess here. Which restaurant chain fooled the public on April 1st of 1998 with the introduction of a fictional sandwich specifically for left-handed people?
0: Shep. Shep. Burger King. Got it. Killing it. Oh, no.
2: (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm just going to say closest one and I'm going to determine closest one wins between Barry and Shep on the final question here.
0: Okay, great. Love arbitrary judging. That's great.
2: I am an unbiased judge. Okay. In Scotland, the 2nd of April is referred to as Tally Day, a sequel to April Fool's Day. On this day, jokes traditionally involve what?
0: Shep. Shep. Food.
2: Berry. Drinks. (laughs) I'm I'm going to go with food on this one. I think it's a little closer. The answer is buttocks. What? Tally Day, in which jokes are perpetrated involving the buttocks is believed to be the origin of the ubiquitous kick-me signs.
0: I'm horrified, and I never need to hear <laughs> you say buttocks and overpronounce it again. On the documents. and I guess a buttocks is a solid, so I should get it.
2: So that's why you won. Okay. All right. Congrats, <laughs>
0: Yep. Okay, well, thanks for listening. Thank you so much for being here, Barry, and we'll see you next week.
1: Thanks for having me.